Welcome to Dual Win Games, episode 16. Today on Table Talk, we discuss what turns you off to a game. We review Pipeline in five tribes. We go over our top five most anticipated games from Gen Con 2019. We are your hosts. This is Ryan phasing in. <laughs> hey folks, this is Tim. So unfortunately, Aaron is taking a extended break, it sounds like, from the podcast. He has some personal family issues that he is dealing with for a time, and we are not sure if or when he will be back. So, Yeah, we hope he's back. Yep. We've had a good time with him. He's going he's not leaving our group or anything serious like that he's going to still be gaming with us yep so we'll still be talking about him i'm sure yep so we'll be talking about hanging out with him and whatnot but so yeah we'll keep you posted so anyways you're gonna have to deal with the ryan and tim show for a while and maybe we'll have yep. uh michael show up here and co-host yep. with us there's we're in negotiation with uh michael yeah he should be pretty cheap to, to acquire s- i so. hope so he's, he's a free agent another one um johnny one of the wet bandits, we we tossed his name around a little bit, so we might introduce you to him. But he's a little high energy, so <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, that's if he gets his fourteen hours of sleep and doesn't have to change his schedule. Yeah, all. that's so true. Though he could be real low energy, he could be real slothish. Otherwise, you know, I've never seen John to be like that. <laughs> Even when he's tired, he's just hundred miles an hour. <laughs> so Tim. What have you been playing recently? What have I been playing? So we kicked off game day. It was just me and Sam. So we were able to get a two-player game in, one that I haven't played in a little while, and that it was 1960, The Making of a President. Now, you've played this just once. Played it once. Right? Okay. Yep. So in 1960, you're playing the election of, you guessed it, 1960. That's between Kennedy and Nixon? Yep. So the the version that I have, uh, it's the GMT reprint. It was originally put up by Z-Man Games, if I remember right. You're playing the sides, each side of the election, and it's kind of a card-driven game. Think of Twilight Struggle, Washington's War, 13 Days. Is that kind of in that vein, too, or not so much? Yeah, I... Yeah, I guess. Okay. It's card-driven. Yeah, so you have a hand of cards, you're playing cards either for the campaign points in this or for the event. And the biggest difference in this one, say, to like Twilight Struggle, in Twilight Struggle, if you play a card that has your opponent's event, that event triggers. Now, in this one, you have momentum tokens, so you have to spend a momentum token to trigger your event, say, if Ryan would play my card. And another thing you do is if you, say, if I'm going to play one of Ryan's cards, I can play two momentum tokens, and that cancels the event. It stops him from triggering it. And So you have to spend the two before I decide if I want to spend one? Yes. Okay. So basically when I play the card, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to play this card, but I'm going to play two momentum tokens. So ignore the text. And you're moving your candidate around the country, the different regions. You're spreading your kind of influence. You play a certain amount of rounds and you do a and you do a debate. You're going to be debating three different topics in the event. 
and that will help you spread more influence on the map. And then at the end of the set number of rounds, you're going to finally do the election. So you're going to count up to see who had the most electoral votes and declare the winner. So I remember playing this once. I remember enjoying it. I think the it takes away the almost the best part of Twilight Struggle. I mean, either the momentum tokens you can spend, but that's mm-hmm. like manipulating that so when you're playing your opponent's event so it does nothing is so much fun or the tension and pressure of that. See, there is pressure still because yeah, you, but... you have to, in between each round, you, you look at who won. So instead of placing influence on the board or I should say on the the map in the different states you can place influence on different on the three different topics that are being debated or I'm just saying the the pressure of the cards is well so what happened to me was I couldn't win any of those topics so I going into each round I never had momentum so I had that issue where I always had. But he has to spend the momentum. He does have to spend, yeah. I just don't like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'd rather it's more punishing the other way where you gotta feel like you gotta it makes you feel more clever when you're playing Twilight Struggle if you play an event and not they their event, yeah, it triggers but it does nothing or minimal mm-hmm. damage for them. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Less forgiving. I I do like I think that's the only thing that I like. 1960 more than twilight struggle in is that you have to actually play tokens to trigger those events i really like that um everything else it's similar to it but yeah, it's, it's not the same game yeah i don't remember enough about the rest i mean i remember it vaguely and i remember in, enjoying it but it wasn't nearly as good as, for me as twilight struggle but yeah i remember it was a fine game yeah and i'm i'm right there with you i, I like it a lot i would recommend it if you like the history of you know the presidential campaigns or if you want a game that feels like a presidential campaign i would recommend checking this one out nice what uh what do you got on your little list over there i can't quite see it we played a little filler game on a game day oh oh yeah yeah escape from the aliens in outer space yep okay that's by osprey games i think yeah you're you're big on them (laughs) Well, I I've only played this. It's I don't know, it's, but I uh, I thought there was something else. Maybe not. My favorite part of the game, and probably the only part I like, is the box cover and the box. I like that a lot. <laughs> the look of the box is kind of it looks sleek, mm-hmm. looks really cool, and then that's just I'm, I'm done. That, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't like anything else about it at all. I, I, I could really tell. <laughs> I think you've only you've only played it a few times, right? Like six or seven times I've played. Well, it's a quick game. Yep. Yep. Which Well, I'm just I'm just telling you how many times. Okay, that's fine. So I picked it. So mm-hmm. I put I put you in that spot. I knew you didn't like it. I didn't think you were gonna completely five times. I didn't think you were gonna completely wanna check out. And we were flipping so okay, so what the game is <laughs> You, depending on the player count, you're going to have half the table aliens, half humans. But if you have an odd number, there's more aliens than humans. So what you're doing on your turn is you have this little flip book with your marker. And you're going to write down 
the location that you're moving to. So aliens can move two spaces and declare an attack. You don't have to. Humans just move one space. And then depending on the sector you stop in, you might have to draw a card and it might you might have to declare your location you could declare any location on the board uh and then some of them are different uh, just different stuff you know that you can play at any time so that's it i mean you're just going around the humans are trying to get to the escape pods and get out aliens are trying to kill all the humans when you get killed as a human you turn up as an alien so you flip teams and we got our flip books and there's probably 10, maybe 15 scenarios in there that you can flip through and they're all different sizes. Let's play number six because it's the shortest one. I didn't say that. That is what you I said. I said, let's pick number six. And then everyone is like, oh, it's got like 10 spaces in the whole map or something like that. Yeah, I just, I like the idea of it, but I don't like anything. I don't like. Besides the box, I hate all the rest of the components. It's ugly. It doesn't give me any tension. And it's just for a hidden movement trader, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. like that type of I just, ugh. I would say as far as like tension, there's a little bit. I felt a little bit, but I was a human trying to get past you. So I felt the tension a little bit more. But as far as if I'm going to compare this to other hidden movement games that we play, it's it's not even close. Yeah, it, it, that's and that's I think where I'm comparing it to, and it just doesn't even scratch scratch at the yeah the shins of those. Even it's like <laughs> it's clawing at like the bottom of the toes, maybe <laughs> scraping at those, just kind of tickling you a little bit. You're kind of annoyed. Yeah. Squash it with your foot. But see, I, I wouldn't go that far. I yeah, I, know, I, I I still liked it. Uh, I could tell you were miserable. I suggested playing again, and you were like, oh, here, somebody else take my marker. It well, works. I and... honorably said I would sit out, because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a quick, it's 15 minutes, you know, and you're done. So I was like, I'll sit out. If you guys want to play again, it's fine. <laughs> honorably. <laughs> I'll fall on the sword. <laughs> so in recap, Ryan would sit out instead of playing this game. Yep. Okay. Because... I'm only waiting around 15, 20 minutes instead of two hours, so I'd I'd rather just sit out on this one. That's fair. So it's noble of you to yeah, sit out. It's also. very <laughs> very noble. Um something a little more meatier that got played was one of your favorites, Tim. We'll go from one of mine to one of yours, Mombasa. <laughs> Ooh, please tell me more. So as everyone out there knows, this is a game designed by Sir Alexander. He's been knighted by us. Wait, who? Uh, Sir Alexander Pfister. Oh, okay. When you said just Sir Alexander, well, I, I, figured, I didn't quite... I didn't know how many Alexanders we've knighted on the podcast, so... Anyways. That's true. Yeah. So it was me, Sam, and Johnny playing, and uh, it, was, uh, it was good. It was good, as it always is. And so we've kind of talked about this one a lot, so I'll kind of skip over the overview of it. So... Johnny went his normal route. He went diamonds. I did some bookkeeping, not as much as usual. I probably got a little over halfway up. Um, Johnny and Sam, I think, got maybe about a third, just till they unlock the extra card slot. And then... That's basically when... It's like the first stretch, right? And then right when you're around the corner, you unlock it. Yep. They got right to about that point, maybe a little farther. And then... uh, So as far as investing into the companies... 
Johnny went a little bit into St. Louis, which is the white one, early. I went Mombasa and Cape Town, which is the black and red. And Sam went with Cairo, which is the orange one. And then Johnny started going into Cape Town, so I kind of started going in on that with him. We're kind of going on that together. And then Sam was muscling up Cairo throughout the game. And then in final scoring, I think me and Johnny ended up three or four points from each other. And then Sam was a little ways behind, but he didn't. He was still in it, and for his first play, he did pretty well, I thought. He was uh, definitely competitive. Um, I think this one, too, after you play that first time, you kind of realize the company you invest in, it's not like your company. You know, you can bail on it or get some shares in it and then jump in on the one that's getting pumped up or bring it down. However, you kind of start getting that stuff. But he caught on to the book track. Uh, The diamond track's pretty straightforward. So yeah, it was uh, it was a very excellent play and reinforced why we knighted Sir Alexander. <laughs> so yeah, it was a good time. Well, I'm I'm happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, nobly, I stepped away and said, "You guys can play without <laughs> me." So, what else have you been playing? Well, I finally taught my wife Arcadia Quest. Yeah, you guys pounded through that. Just destroyed. Did you, did you play the last mission yet then? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So who was the overall champion? I would prefer not to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... I, I think the final, like, metal scoring, Yeah. it was like 8 to 1. The The game there isn't about really winning. It's I, about upgrading and having fun. Yeah, and yeah. Like and where Arcadia Quest isn't a... Right. So the campaign we played was the Arcadia Quest Inferno. And the biggest thing it changes from Arcadia Quest, it has these Inferno cards. Mm-hmm. So as it's one of like the angels. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I'll get to those. So the cards in setup, you put these cards randomly out on the board. So basically as one of your movements you can uncover this brimstone card and it tells you something that you can do. So sometimes you activate a monster or minion and you can attack. You can, you can, are they always beneficial or is it 50, 50? Some of, ah, man, you know, I can't remember them all, but some of them would be, you can activate and attack a different guild or, you know, none of them ever really hurt Hurt you. you. Okay. Some of them were just nothing happens. So they have these damnation tokens. So depending, there's different gear that you can get and certain enemies. If they hit you, they're going to give you this damnation. And sometimes these brimstone cards will say the player with the most damnation, their hero takes a wound or something, you know. So some of them are just kind of, it's just little events to trickle in. Uh, And then, like you said, the angels. You can, there's different scenarios. When you come across the angels, you can save them. If you save them, they become part of your guild, and then you can swap out one of your starting characters with this angel and then play through. So I actually did save one of the angels, and I think his his special ability was like he could he would give my characters an extra dice, depending if I'm attacking or defending. Uh, something along those lines, and um, 
Yeah, we played the entire campaign, which is six scenarios. We played it in like a week and a half. And we did the same thing when you and I played Arcadia Quest the first time. Mm-hmm. We did the exact same thing. We play through, oh, here's the upgrade cards, do the upgrade phase. Let's play again. Let's do it. And we just hammered right through it. Yeah, it definitely has that effect. Are you guys planning on doing the uh, campaign again, or are you waiting until Starcadia Quest comes in? Um, You know, a little bit of both. Uh, I think we will probably... Actually, what we want to do is, because I got one of the dragons. Play through the co-op thing on that? Yep. There's okay. two scenarios. So you take your guild that you finished the campaign with yep. you take that guild and you fight you play two scenarios where you're fighting these it's like a poison dragon big boss yeah big boss fighting together so i think we're gonna do that just give that a try and i mean there's there's so many scenarios in that game too that we well, yeah we didn't even see probably half of them yeah now does arcadia quest does that have Pets or like the equivalent of pets, like robots or something. Yep, yep. it has robots. Okay. Um, yeah, those those are cool because you uh, basically they have little buffs and actions that they can take, and you can give them little upgrades, and which is nice. Yeah, I I have not played the pets yet. Which it's good. I yeah, mean, I've been. Everyone hearing... likes cute little pets or robots, so. right? So yeah, I did get the the robots. Mm-hmm. So when I get Star Katie Quest, we'll have that. Yeah, and I. Th- I thought you can like change them so like the head would come off and you could put a different so you can like mix and match them somehow. Okay. Uh, maybe different legs on them or different hovering things, whatever. But yeah, it looks cool. I'm excited for that. But I think I think what we will do if we don't get into a scenario or campaign again right away for Arcadia Quest, maybe we'll chip away on Gloomhaven a little bit and then. I'm sure we'll hit it hard again when Starcade Quest comes. Yeah. So my next one I'm going to talk about here is similar to Arcadia Quest for you and the fact that me and my brother busted out five games in a row the oh. other night. And that <laughs> it is, was really five? It was five. Good Russian Lord. Railroads. Yeah, we played a couple. My wife Sarah joined in for one, and she had to take care of some stuff. And then we were like, well, it's all set up. Let's just keep playing and played again and then we played again and played again <laughs> and again and again so yeah i still have not played this with four and i really want to uh you get another turn so there's another there's seven rounds instead of six so you can kind of get your engine going a little bit more but you start the game with one less worker so it's give and take but i really really want to try it with four i'm still just i uh, just Love the different strategies and building the engine up, and it just it feel it's fun no matter what. Uh, so the fifth game we played, Michael beat me, and then he's like, "Well, I think that's it's a good one to end on." <laughs> so um, if he didn't shut you down, would you have played more? No, it was it was getting pretty late. Oh, so, was it? Okay. yeah, I did order the American Railroads expansion. Basically, gives new player boards, uh, a couple different. One different mechanic, a couple little tweaks here and there, but then the board is quite a bit different how that works. So it's okay. just a little, a fresh feel, I guess, if you get stale on the base game bo- or player boards. Would you say this is getting stale for you then? Or Not you just all. got it because... No, I got it just because I know I'm going to want to, you know what I mean? Okay. Eventually try it. I want to try it anyways, and then just 
go back and forth, see which one I like. I think I'll like Russian Railroads better. I think American will still be interesting. I think German is the one that would be my favorite. I was going to say, I keep hearing that German Railroads yeah. is kind of the hot ticket. Yep. So it's not, not stale at all. Uh, I'd play it five times in a row right now if you wanted to. Did you but, bring it? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No, so. Um, so we can't. I am looking forward to, though, playing it at four-player, so. Hmm. I'll try not to talk about it every single one of my recent plays here on all these episodes, but yeah, it's hit since Origins. It's come up. It's been on my mind quite a bit. So Tim, this kind of goes back to Mombasa, but while we were playing Mombasa, you were playing a new game. Yeah, I did play a new, fresh game. I'm not sure how new it is, but I picked it up at Origins. Yeah, it was. I think it, it came out last year later yeah and it was kind of a yeah so that new fresh game for me was crusaders thy will be done so i talked about it on our origins episode one of your favorite publishers yep they're good (laughs) oh they're good they're good i do like them i got a second game to talk about from them too if you want to if you want me to keep going i don't think i do (laughs) <laughs> okay now i now i know what one you're referencing well i was like oh great the way you said that i was like it's gonna be some game that i hate uh so this game i played i finally played a full playthrough of crusaders you were uh, playing with yourself before or what i played a demo oh okay oh yeah yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. you can apologize if you want i'll accept it For what? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it was um, it was three of us. It was me and Aaron and Marv, one half of the Wet Bandits. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think it went really well. You and I recently played it as well. Yeah, we played it earlier today, actually. Yep. Uh, and I know we're talking about reviewing it next episode, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. But spoiler, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I Played it for the first time this afternoon, and I look forward to playing it again. It was it was enjoyable. I liked it. I wasn't sure if it was going to be almost, not that it's light, but I wasn't sure if you were going to think it was too light. Well, a little bit of background info here. So when it first came out, or like when it was first on Kickstarter, I kind of looked into it. I was pumped. I like saw the look of it, and I was thinking it was going to be more grandiose. You know what I mean? Because it okay. kind of gives that feel when you're first looking into it. And then I looked into it more and realized, okay, it's a little bit lighter. It's kind of medium light, I would say. So then I was kind of like, uh, I was kind of like bummed out. So then I kind of just put it out of my mind <laughs> type of thing. And then but, here, here I come with it. But I like the idea of it and that stuff with the rondelle and like different things like that. And obviously the production's really good. Mm-hmm. So I won't get more into it. Okay. Uh, when we hopefully review in the next episode or two, I'll, uh, I'll get more thoughts. But I did enjoy it. So, speaking of tasty minstrel games, yes, you mentioned it being one of my favorite publishers. They are hot for you. They are hot. So, the next game I played was also hot. <laughs> but that's because you're growing peppers. Uh, and that is Scoville. We played a three-player game. You got forced out of it. Yep. Kind of. Yep. You played role-player. So, the bulk of my plays have been just two-player, me and Angela. 
and I've played it. I could look if you really want me to, but probably 16, 17 times. So I've got it down pretty well since the first time we played and picked it kind of late in the night. I was a little worried about that because we you had, didn't, you we didn't had, have, as, you didn't have five players or anything, like, I think, yeah, I think we played with like full five, player count five or six or something. So that, that's super kinda... late, but it was three of us. We, we played, we got done before you guys did playing role player and I had a great time with it. I always enjoy this one. Uh, you're just kind of moving your farmer around, you're planting peppers and then you're moving your farmer crossbreeding the peppers. And then the final step of each round is that you can fulfill. So you can fulfill recipes where you're trading in your peppers that you've been crossbreeding and collecting throughout the game. And then you can also, there's like a, uh, I don't even remember what they call it now. Market. It's kind of a market. I don't can't remember if it's like a little farmer's market, but it, it has different cards that maybe they want two brown peppers. Yeah. And they'll give you some points. Some points some or coins or, coins or like another that. pepper in return. So yep. you're kind of you're going through and doing that. And uh yeah, uh it's a game that I really think it's underrated or underappreciated. I don't know if Yeah, I'd agree. It's I don't know if it's under uh, yeah. I think it's underrated. Yeah. I think it should be higher than it is. Yeah, I don't hear I don't hear about it much. I don't see about it much, but yeah. it's one that I really enjoy and I'm going to I'm going to ring that bell any chance I get. Yeah, I do like this one. Um and it's got a unique feel to it, which is which is nice. Yeah. And then uh I guess I'll have to wait another couple of years till I get a chance to play it again. Yeah. Till you Maybe. pick it at game day. <laughs> So, but yeah, I uh, I do want to play it again. Yeah, and one thing I really like about it is you bid for turn order. So, the first, and it's it's nice to go last sometimes too because when yeah. you go last, you move. Yeah. So what happens is if the first in turn order, you're going to plant peppers. In reverse turn order, you're going you to move. move and harvest peppers. Yeah. And then in turn order, you're going to do that. So. You got to kind of time out. Okay, did I? Am I in a good spot where I can get the peppers I need if I move first, so I can go last? And yeah, you're it's kind not, of juggling it's not that. You're just bidding for first. You're bidding for first and last. Yeah, even, which, yep. is, which is cool. So while you guys were playing that, you mentioned role player, and that was uh, me, Johnny, and Aaron. And I wanted to play Skullville. I was a little apprehensive to play role player. I do enjoy it, but I'm not huge on it. But uh, I had more fun than I thought I was gonna. Oh yeah. One of the annoying things is like I like the expansion, but it just adds a lot of. It's not like a lot of fiddly setup, but it just it feels like it is for how light the game is. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. It kind of does. Gotta, another rule book you got to sift through and then figure out what the changes to the setup is, and then figure out exactly how everything works with the. Ex- I don't know. Do you I think th- it's just more of me being lazy than anything. Well, that was going to be my one point, but do you think maybe with more plays? Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely help. It'll be, but it seems like you've played it quite a bit, though. It's not like this it's is the second or third time with the expansion, and then this time, really? I thought you played it more. No, this time there was a couple times that Johnny picked it, I didn't play it, and I think one time they played with and without the expansion. Yeah, I do remember that one. Okay, but yeah, um, 
I'm definitely more comfortable with setting it up faster now. So, but yeah, it went. It was good. I was gonna suggest because John keeps picking it, just have him set it up. Well, I was thinking about actually <laughs> giving it to him at some point. Really? Possibly, because there is another expansion coming out, so I figured that yeah. might motivate him to pick up the expansion or whatever. Because he did say after the last time he played, he's like, "Yeah, last time we played, we played without the expansion," and he's like, "I'd always just want to play with this after playing it. like the last time." He's like, "Yeah, yeah it's just way better with it." So how long before he leaves it in his car? That's and what I'm worried and it about. Melts the Because <laughs> <laughs> I do like it, and I don't want it to suffer the same fate as Mystic Vale. Yeah. So quick backstory on that: he left Mystic Vale in his car, and it's got the plastic sleeves, and it was probably the hottest day last year. And of course, yep. it just it basically melted and warped all the cards, well, most of the cards. Mm-hmm. You know what was gross? I couldn't believe you guys were actually playing with it like a month ago. I've played with it a couple times now since it happened. We played with it that day it happened. Did, really? That day? And then, yeah, we played, yeah. He talked I mean, about it, retiring it finally. He, If he picks it, it's his pick, That's, so i, I got to respect it. You didn't respect my pick of aliens. I, I played. <laughs> <laughs> I may not have respected uh, your enjoyment of the game, but... So another one that uh, we were both in on was uh, Gaia Project. Yep. And we played, it was what, Yumi, Sam, I think that was it, the three of us. Yeah, because Aaron showed up and we're finishing up. Yes. Yep, yep, that's right. Yep. So Tim, how do you feel about this one? I... I don't think my feelings have changed on it. I still enjoy it. I do horrible at it every time I play. And we talked about it last episode, games that keep us coming back. And that's, again, I get blown apart. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, what can I do differently? How can I play better? Yeah. You yep. know, so it it is, it's still one I definitely still enjoy. And I'll keep on picking it. Yeah. How'd you feel? Yeah, um, I mean, I do enjoy a lot of things about it. There are some things that I don't like. So initially, hearing about this game and looking at it, I think last year at Origins, it was both kind of, even before that, it was real high on our radar. Mm -hmm. I kind of always wanted it, and I was like, oh, man, I think this has the potential to be like one of my top ten games maybe. So I am a little disappointed in it but i still do like it and i still would play it if picked most times that might be on you though because if you that's true if you put it on a pedestal it's probably not going to live up to it well there's some games that do some games that don't because it wasn't designed by sir (laughs) alexander But I, I do like it, but there are some issues I have with it, and some of them are just my personal preferences, I guess. But um, I also don't like that I wish I would do worse, I guess, or like you guys were better. <laughs> Weird thing to say, but I think all the three times I've played, I've just blown everyone out. Yeah, because it's, it's going to reward the person that can piece it together faster and score obviously score more points you're gonna win 
Mm-hmm. But um, I, I do get the feeling that you are way better at this game than but m- me. It's a game that the more people play, the better they're going to get. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Is it one of those things where you're ahead of the curve, so now we can't catch up, though? Like, you keep no. getting better at it, too? Or are you... I don't think I'm... you hit your plateau? I don't think I'm that good. I think I'm just, like, average to bad, and you guys are awful, <laughs> is what I would say. I don't. I by no means think I'm very good at the game. Kaya Project Grand Champ. <laughs> In our group. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't think it's to that point, because I think... You can pick easier and harder races. It depends on the board setup. I do like the setup in the beginning of the game where like you see all the uh, scoring tiles are going to be during that game. So you can kind of plan, okay, this round and this round. Okay, I want to go for round one, three, and four. I'm going to punt round two, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. So I, I kind of planned that way on what ones I plan on scoring a lot. And also picking those like turn order tile bonus things, you know. Yep. And when you get to combo those with that round scoring, that really helps. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was planning. So maybe next time we play, you can be like my coach. You can like <laughs> teach me how to play this game better. Yeah. I do really enjoy the... Uh, I just kind of go off. <laughs> I'll not play. I'll just be whispering yeah, in your yeah, ear. Yeah. See, you, you... Then we'll just... You'll do even worse than normal. <laughs> then you'll fire me. <laughs> Um, I do like the, uh, the, the, what is it? The tech tracks or yeah, whatever yeah. it's called. Those are, those are awesome. It's hard. I don't think it pays to go up a little bit in all of them. That's what Marv kind of did. It's just, you want to go up on like one or two of them because you get those points. But yeah. They're just a lot of fun moving up on those. I was trying to, I was trying to get movement and to be able to place, make it cheaper for me to place on different planets. Okay. So those were the two tracks I was moving up on. So I actually did have a strategy. Hmm. It didn't work at all, but yeah, you know, I I obviously really enjoy that part of it too. Yeah, I think I always have way too much money. Really, I feel like I don't have any. Every time I've played, I'm just like swimming and just I'm using like it's just way too much money, and I'm like I got to be more efficient <laughs> with this. You know what I mean? So this time I was kind of going up the. Is it or the white one? Mm-hmm. So I was kind of because that's the one I've been short on in most of my games. Okay. So I kind of tried to get more of that, and I I basically had, I mean, obviously you want more, obviously to always do actions, but I had enough to feel like I was satisfied with what I was doing okay. that time. Hold on, let me write this down. Or track. <laughs> what else did you do? <laughs> but yeah, anyways, I I do like it. It might go up with more plays for me too. So I'm still only three plays in, and this is a very deep, heavy, strategic game mm-hmm. so i still do like it quite a bit so that is gaia project there's a lot of meat on that bone yeah. there is yeah. there is a lot to uh explore in that game mm-hmm. so the final game that i'd like to bring up that we played and i don't know if we've talked about it much on the show before hmm. and that is good cop bad cop okay it's been on a couple couple lists but nothing yeah nothing too in depth yeah nothing too so in good cop bad cop we everyone's sitting around the table you shuffle the deck up you deal out card it how we set it up is you deal one card to everyone in that deck is one player is the kingpin the other player is the agent so once you have that so say if i get the agent i'm going to be good no matter what 
if Ryan gets the kingpin, he's bad. He's going to be bad no matter what. And then we deal out the rest of the cards. So everyone's going to end up with three cards in front of them. You're going to put them face down. Whatever you have majority in. So if you have two crooked cops, you're going to be bad. If you have two loyal in one crooked, you're going to be good, right? And on your turn, you can draw equipment, you can play equipment, or you can investigate someone else. So basically, it's just looking at one of their cards. So you're trying to figure out who's on whose team. When you think you figure it out, you can pick up a gun, point it at somebody, shoot it. Uh, If you get shot and you're just a regular Joe, you're out of the game. If you are the kingpin or agent, you can take one wound. You reveal all your cards so everyone knows. Uh, It plays real quick. We have a lot of fun with it. I enjoy it. Uh, It's just basically in a little deck box, a little stack of cards. I think the new edition, though, it's an actually a a bigger box. I'm not sure what they changed. I have like just the original one. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a one that you're always gonna play multiple games every time yeah. you bust it out. And we actually had, we didn't know what happened, but or what the end result was. But uh, this one guy was actually the ended up being the kingpin and the agent. Oh, and no. then he just wins the game. Yeah, he won the game. Yeah, yeah which was... I went to, I went to made him switch that yeah. card because as soon as I was like, oh, Marv trade cards with Johnny. He started handing him one of them. I'm like, yeah, you're handing the other one. I know that's the one you don't want. Yeah. And then it ended up... Yeah. It was funny, too, because you and I were sitting next to each other, so we kept investigating each other back and forth. Once we got three rounds deep and all we did was investigate each other, we realized we were on opposite teams and we're just glaring yeah, we're just, at each other. Yeah. Like, I'm going to pick up this gun. Just- just picked up a gun and they didn't know. Yeah, everyone what else team is like, on. "What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what was it? The one time I was the agent and Marv was the kingpin or something, and he w- was gonna not shoot me. And it was weird. I don't know. His logic made no sense. Yeah, something weird happened. There was like a brain lapse somewhere. Yeah, I don't know what was going on. But... And then in one of them, I got killed early. And then you got and then there's there a change size. Yep, yep. You shocked shocked me back to life, and I was mm-hmm. I have to discard all but one card, and you get to pick. So I was yep. crooked. Yep. Just that was Sam defibrillated. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think that's what it was. So yeah, that one's always a good time. I think that wraps up our recent plays. It does. So, Tim, let's talk about what turns you off to a game. What would turn me off? So now well, this is what turns you off to a board game. Would I know about the game ahead of time, or are you just bringing a game? So that's up to you. Showing me. Uh, more so, of my stuff is when I'm playing or after I play a game. I okay. have a couple things on I'm investigating a game, or I just see it type of thing. Okay, so let's just say... I'm going to bring up Board Game Geek. Okay. I'm going to be scrolling through the hotness, right? All right. So things that I would scroll right past. Rolling right. Sorry. I'll get there. <laughs> no, uh, I would say bad art on the cover. I am I hate to admit it, but I'm kind of a shallow gamer at times. Mm-hmm. I can get over it. It's... But... It's hard for you, I... I feel like, like for you, 
you'll play something, you'll be hesitant sometimes, like Concordia yeah. and some other games. I feel like you purchasing it, though, you're very hesitant on something that's like low production quality, yeah, or artwork, I, theme. Right, because I feel it's it's always an investment, obviously, when you're, you're spending money on a game, right? Mm-hmm. And the first thing I look for is what it's going to look like on the shelf. Not that, you know, that matters a whole lot, but if I think a game looks ugly, I'm not going to look into it nearly as much as a game with fancy, shiny art and good bits. And Yeah, now, for me, it depends on the art. Um, when I see a lot of this, this drier-looking art, I instantly think... And if it's like a Ural that I'm going to enjoy, so I always, I don't know, it's kind of a weird, it's a weird thing. You can kind of tell, though, when it's do, one of those Do you Euro. have one, like, in mind? Well, like, um, say, I could scroll through this, but, like, say Mombasa or Great Western Trail, yep. you know, they don't look, they don't pop, they don't catch your eye a lot, but it's not, like, bad art. They're just kind of there. I don't know, that's a weird thing. This is kind of a feel but you look at some of the like the euro type games that you have you have like Altiplano, Scoville, Crusaders, you know, a lot of yours are more flashy, mm. you know, type. Yeah. Looking. Yeah. Look good. So what obviously it still means something to me cuz I have what turns you off to a game and then one of them I have starred here is theme, artwork and production quality. Now this is when I'm not I haven't played the game, I'm looking into it. The mm. first first thing you do. What and I also have in quotations here, this is big for Tim. <laughs> so while, yes, it does it does influence me, it, I think it influences you quite a bit. I would say that the art influences me more than the theme. Okay. The theme, I love a good thematic game. So probably your ranking would go art, theme, and then production qualities last. Of those three. Probably. That's what I had down for you. <laughs> Probably. I might even put theme last, but that's not okay. always that's not always true either. Because I think theme can make a yeah, the, bad game interesting. The biggest thing I have noticed is artwork for you means a ton. It does. And you're you're hesitant on some of the games that I bust out that kinda look meh ish, I would say. Yeah. I I've got one in mind. Oh, yeah? That you were just going nuts about in recent Sad. months. Russian railroads. Okay. Just a train on it. Not that it looks bad. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look, it just looks kind of bland yeah. or whatever, or, ho- yeah. or however you want to. And that's, that was one thing that when you brought it up at Origins, it was like, oh, we could play Russian railroads. Like, oh. You'd rather go. I'm interested. Demo some crappy games. That, no, yeah. <laughs> demo some crappy games that, that look good. That look good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I I just got to a game that like the cover of Russian Railroads looks pretty standard. I like the look of the the board. I think the uh, the layout or the iconography or the uh, graphic design is like one of the best of any game I've played. It's very easy to know everything. Like it's just super easy to learn for how much there is to the game. So that's kind of the only thing I have for just getting into a game mm-hmm. that might turn me off. So one that turns me off artwork-wise 
is Tragedy Looper. Mm. I just don't get into the anime completely like, ugh. I hate it, but I... You see, I I grew up watching Dragon Balls. I watch it with the kids still. So as far as like the anime style, I I don't know if I would say that... I'm not crazy about it, but I I do like that style. For me, it it doesn't have a negative effect, which for me it does. That's the same thing with Argent... The consortium. I'm probably saying that wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure. But that one looks really cool. Like the theme of it and the gameplay, I think, is really interesting. But just it's hard for me to get over that hurdle of the artwork, where it's kind of that anime art style too. Is there anything else uh, pre-game, Tim, that turns you off? Obviously, there's a million things that can. But yeah, it's mainly art, component quality, like we talked about, mm-hmm. theme. I'll play anything with a theme if it looks cool. What about an abstract? Again, I'll still play them. I think they... Yeah. Well, maybe not... Maybe ugly is not the word, but... It's a different style. They're, yeah. And I don't like it. No. The um, the GIF series, I think they look bad. Yeah, they. I, I'm not playing Zara for the look of it. No. Gameplay is really no, good. No. I, I, yeah, it's... So if it wasn't for Aaron bringing them around once in a while, I'd almost I'd never play them. Yeah. So now when you get into a game, mm-hmm. something that uh, kind of turns me off. This is kind of learning the game is a bad rules or a rule book. Okay. And I have, see. I didn't even think of that. Right here, I got Portal games. Ooh. Almost every one of the rule books I've read is just bad. There's yeah. so many questions left unanswered. Uh, edge scenarios, not even edge case scenarios, just. I don't know. It's they gotta have someone. So it's a Polish company. So I don't know if it's a translation thing or just what it is. Yeah. But it's man, they're bad. They're a they're a big company yeah, too. So you would think they, yeah, they're a popular company and and this isn't breaking news. No, it's not like where everyone, Trend Center is saying this. I mean, it's no. said everywhere. Cry Havoc was awful. Robertson Crusoe is really bad. I got these player aids that I have to use that makes it fine but i shouldn't yeah. have to like we've talked about before but uh aaron said first martians first martians was really bad imperial settlers was okay but it was that's such a easy to get into right but now when you add the expansion stuff in they're so wishy-washy like oh you can play it this way this way that it's like just tell me how give me a couple options i don't know just don't leave it up to me i can't decide anything anyways yeah the rule books are just awful so that's always, anytime I see a Portal game now, I'm always real hesitant because of that, even though the games might be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, there's been games that I've gotten because, for whatever reason, I, you know. Yeah. So, for instance, uh, one that comes to mind is um, is A Feast for Odin. I picked it up and I held on to it for probably five, six months just because, not that the rule book was bad. But I felt overwhelmed because there was so much stuff in that box. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I thought it was going to be so overwhelming and so hard to pick this game up. And it really wasn't. Once I finally got through the rules, it's like, oh, wow, this actually, it makes a lot of sense. It was written really well. So to kind of go along with that, I can feel overwhelmed with a game. If you're spending well. over 30 minutes to punch and bag the game, then it's, you start getting nervous. <laughs> Oh boy, this is going to be a big investment type of thing. Now, which those are often the most rewarding. But. Yeah. Now, 
along with that, I know you've been overwhelmed or hesitant with Kickstarter games that you've gotten. Yeah. Because there's so much stuff too that much. shows up. Yeah, there's too much uh, stretch goals. goals. There's so many stretch goals in some of those Kickstarters. It's like, and a lot of them are just junk. You don't even, you know what I mean? It, <laughs> the stuff they add. See, I, I love that kind of stuff. Even I, though it's I, so much stuff. I would almost rather, like some of them, when I have the option now, I just get the base. Or if it's like upgraded components, I want that. I don't want any, I like the other stuff. I just, it bogs it down for me. Yeah. See, I, even though I felt overwhelmed with Feast, like if I get a Kickstarter, typically I can separate, okay, this is part of an expansion. This is something else. I can just take the base game, punch it out. And I love sorting through that stuff, punching stuff out. I feel like burning the game when they don't tell you what's <laughs> what the stuff is for, like the Kickstarter stuff. They don't tell you. It's like, I'm supposed to just assume this is like I hate that. Like why? It's just so. You should know though. Obnoxious. They send out updates. Yeah, they can also put something in the box that tells me what these components are. You got to look at like emails from like a year ago to figure out what's what. Uh, it just makes me rage, and I don't even want to play the <laughs> thing. So, getting into the gameplay, one thing that turns me off to a game is something that overstays its welcome. Okay. You're playing, and you're kind of thinking the game should have been done 15 minutes ago or two turns or rounds ago, and you just kind of keep going and going. And So this will not surprise you at all. I'm sure you put it number one next to once we get into gameplay. But I cannot stand games that are that have interaction that's either just random interaction or that you can't defend against. Or it encourages interaction. So the number one <laughs> is yeah. Hansa. Hansa Tatanica. And first off, I think the cover looks ugly. Yeah. That's so with you. there's a lot of strikes against it starting off. But then getting into gameplay, that's just it's just smooth. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it encourages you to get to cut people off because it can benefit you more than it it just I don't know I just so good pass hard pass so the interaction that does bug me is when it's it feels like it's just for the sake of it or the a style of interaction that doesn't fit the the spirit of the game you know there's there's games like that I'm going to bring one up later okay I don't uh I don't want to get too into the interaction because this will probably be a future table talk. Yeah. But the ones that I like interaction, I like good interaction, but when it's just for the sake, just, oh, this game needs interaction, so let's just throw something in there. Yeah. Or when it's not in the spirit of the game. So I'm not saying that I'm against interaction. I enjoy a lot of games with that. But when it's just, you know, with Hansa or even something as simple as um, Lords of Waterdeep, with the intrigue cards, you can play a mandatory quest on someone. Not that it hurts you that bad, but it's just just that random take that. Like, oh, here's something to screw with you, and it's just like, mm. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah, it just... Water deep. It's kind of like tacked on. Like, there's no other interaction that's just kind of like a... Yeah, aside from, like, worker placement interaction, which, which that's in yeah. a ton of 
worker placement game. So that's not an issue at all, but just the random... It's obnoxious. It doesn't really set you back that much. It's just annoying. I like a mosquito. Like, yeah. Get off me. Yep. Uh, so this might not surprise you as well. I hate word games. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. If but... If I know that... I'm going to have to spell. We don't really have any word games, though, do we? There's a reason we don't. Well, at least I never... Well, I don't think any of us do. No. Those are more party. I mean, there's uh, Scrabble and whatnot. But But anything, if I know it's a word game, pass. It makes me feel like it's more of one of those mainstream, not hobby games. So Those don't even enter my mind. That doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when I'm playing... And I'm only spelling three or four letter words. So you're, so and you're in games that make you feel dumb. <laughs> yeah, and it does. Yeah. The only exception was just one. And I didn't want to play it. And we play the demo, but that one it's was... technically a word game, but it's just... Yeah. Yeah. But typically anything where you're matching... When the game is all about scoring points for how like smart you are as far as knowing the English language yeah. or whatever. Yeah. No, don't ask me to play a word game. I, man, I don't want to say it, but I would almost, I'd play Hansa over almost every word game. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, Tim, two choices, Hansa or Scrabble. What are you playing tonight? I'm playing Hansa. <laughs> Angela had me play Scrabble a couple years ago, and I almost jumped out the window. <laughs> we were playing, and it was like... She's like, oh, this is so much fun. I used to play this as a kid. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> I just spelt dog. <laughs> yep, I got 11 points. Would you spell <laughs> <on> zoology? <laughs> I got 87, triple word, triple letter Z. Yeah. See, no, I just, yeah. Okay, what else you got? Um, I got when I'm railroaded to a certain strategy or play style. I don't mind when it's kind of pushing me into that. Like when you get your uh, your starting character power or starting race power, you know, those kind of things. That's fine. That pushes you towards a strategy. But I'm talking about like cytosis oh, where yeah. I put, I start taking one action and I have to do, like you have to do the next action. You have to do, you don't have any choice. Because it funnels you down. Yeah. That was you're, the that was the problem with that one. Yeah, you're 100% railroaded to that strategy, and that just really and bugs me. It wasn't, I don't think it was so much a strategy. It was more of a, when you start to create your cells, right? When you start making those cells, you have to like work your each round. You move down the track, and eventually it like bottlenecks. And it was like, yeah. And, it, and when it gets to your turn, you feel like you don't really have any choices. Your most of your actions are already just yeah set in stone because you had it. Yeah, that's yeah. that one was a bizarre one. What the hell is going on there? So another thing for me, Tim. I don't know if this is for you, but uh, when I have a lot, I. Some is fine, but a lot of downtime between turns, but that is combined with not a lot to think about between my turns. Or I basically can't plan anything out because I can't really decide. 
start deciding what I'm going to do because the board state changes so much on the player that goes before me. And typically that's fine. It's just when it's those two are comboed together where there's so much downtime and then there's really nothing for me to think about between my turns. Yeah, I mean, downtime for me is it's fine. As long as you, like you said, as long as you have something to think about. I'm talking but like I, extreme I downtime. I'm not just saying like, you know, I got to wait a couple minutes, you know, here or there. It's just like uh, an example of downtime that bugs me. Just straight downtime would be Twilight Imperium. Or sometimes, especially if there's like a couple battles before you oh, take your turn. It's like, okay. it's like, oh my goodness, I'm waiting 20 minutes before I get to go again. Yeah, that didn't bother me as much. I don't. I don't know. I guess I don't mind downtime as much as you do. I guess it's more of a... Well, it's typically only downtime when there's, like... I can't think about what my next move or couple next turns are going to be where it's just... It's more of a tactical game, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But when those two combo together, that's something that, that always bugs me. It's never uh, it's never a turn on when players are noticeably miserable, like I was during Escape. Yeah, that brought it down a little bit. Not from the temple, but from aliens in outer space. Right. So that's always something that is a bummer. Excess randomness in a longer or more strategic game. Yeah, I don't mind a little randomness. Yeah, I notice I did say excess. Yes, I caught that. Uh, I would agree. So these later ones are stuff that doesn't bother me as much, but it's still, I'm, I'm just saying when there's just, there can, always, there can be too much randomness, especially when it's a longer, pretty... Heavy strategy-driven game. Yeah. Like, when it's a tactical game, it's it's more forgiving. And I like... You want some randomness in your games. Yeah, and I, I do. it's going to be the same person every time right. that's going to win. But Gaia Project with Ryan. Well, that's a random game, still. <laughs> not everything is... <laughs> it's not chess. Something else is when there... I feel like there's nothing new to explore or discover... Or refine after a couple plays. It basically, it has no staying power. Um, some examples of that would be uh, Valparaiso, Call to Adventure, Draftosaurus. Mm. Where one of those three I did enjoy, but then it just dropped almost instantly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's just coming from a game. It almost. You know, the longevity just gone. It just dies off. So I don't, I didn't really consider that for as far as a game that keeps us away. But yeah, eventually it would. You know, we talked about prior that uh, Lords of Waterdeep, when we first got it and we first started playing it, we were into it. And we've played it so much now that it's just kind of faded. So I would agree that that is one that, uh, that now I would say it keeps me away. I was never nearly as into it as I think some other people in the group were, but it did fade pretty fast for me. And then it always seemed like it'd get picked, and I was like, it's like, again? <laughs> it's like I'm just healing from the last time we played. <laughs> Give me, some, I need more time before I can move on. So uh, that's... What would you say is your top one or two things that turn you off to a game? Initially, I would say take that interaction and then 
art, but again, I can get past art. I think the two for me are probably when you're super railroaded to a strategy or play style. And then when I feel like there's nothing new to explore, discover, no staying power. Like yeah. those, you just, those you just get things. bored with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You feel like there's, yeah. So that's all my turnoffs to gaming. Hmm. Well, should we move on to our first review? Let's do it. And that is Pipeline. I'll try to fill in for Aaron here with the uh, little description. Pipeline was designed by Ryan Courtney and published by Capstone Games in 2019. It plays two to four players in two hours. Pipeline is a competitive game where players start a company in the oil business. This is an economic game played over three years with a certain number of rounds each year. The end game goal is to win by accumulating the most money compared to your competitors. During the game, on each turn, players will take one main action and possibly a secondary action. You will be buying and selling oil of different refinement values at different markets. You will be purchasing pipes, oil tanks, and machines all in an effort to refine your oil efficiently and store it. Players can obtain upgrades to give them special benefits throughout the game. You may pursue contracts to complete each year or fulfill orders for a one-time gain in money. Be careful that you have a very efficient company or you might not make it to the top. At the end of the third year, players will add up their money along with the endgame valuations and whoever has the most moolah is the winner. I tell you what, you got that overview nice and refined. (laughs) So, Tim, what do you feel about the production quality of Pipeline? I like it. You know, I like the art style of it. The, The cover of it really pops. I like the kind of the skyline, yeah, so to speak. Contaminated skyline. You just have to throw that in there. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Uh, but it looks really good. The board looks good. I like, I'll get into it a little bit later, I guess. But now looking at it, I really like the pipes. The pipes really look cool on the table when you match them all together and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They, I like the colors on them. They really... They pop. They look nice. Yeah, on that white background. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as far as like art on the game board, like we've said, there's not much at all. There's just above that refined market. There's just a little bit of that skyline yeah. from the cover, kind of. Yep. But that's really about it. But yeah, it uh, looks good. I think the uh, graphic design is really well done. Oh yeah. It's easy definitely. to understand. Those Enel tool. He always does a good job. You guys. Does tons of work. It feels like he's in like half the games nowadays. Yeah, but there's, I mean, for good reason. Yeah, exactly. He's probably just cloned himself. Is all it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think the uh, player boards, you know, they're nice. Now this has cardboard money. How do you feel about the money in this one? So it's like little tiny tokens, almost yeah. square, rectangular tokens. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. Thought. Uh, when I first saw it, wasn't like coins, you know, because coins are always like the standard. Mm-hmm. And I was like a little nervous, but I was like, oh yeah, it's not pretty nice. Yeah, it's, it's, nice it's done thick, really well. You know, yep. it feels good. It looks like, you know, yeah, it's money. Not, but... It's not paper money, thankfully. Right, it's always just chintz. But yeah, <laughs> I will say some of the uh, cubes for me, uh, <laughs> a lot of them are off cut. There's two of them that like are missing half of the piece. Yeah, it's like a half a. Yeah, but a lot of them are. Not very square, so I don't know if I just got 
I mean, they're fine, but I can't really tell as much when you don't have it set up. But a lot of them are just like off a little bit. I've noticed a few, or the mm-hmm. corners are kind of yeah. And... But other than that, I would say the production quality is it's pretty good. The player boards, mm-hmm. they're good quality, solid, good, great, great quality. They passed the toddler test when yeah, you yeah. were you were trying to put it away. Mm-hmm. And your little one grabbed one. Yep, it's and it survived. I actually saw her like kind of you know squeeze it yeah. and like push a little bit. I'm like, oh boy, but it didn't <laughs> didn't snap. Thankfully, it wasn't one of those cheapo ones, and it's just like, yep, great. Maybe that's something we'll have to do from now on. We'll have to do the toddler test. Um, we can do them for your games. We'll we'll leave mine out of well, the toddler test. No, because it's <laughs> <laughs> not how that works. So, Tim, does the theme of this one grab you? It's definitely a different theme. You know, the refining oil and kind of running your own oil business. Mm -hmm. The barrels of oil or the oils that you keep in your tanks as you're refining them up. And maybe the pipes that you run. Other than that, I don't really feel the the theme. The color of the barrels obviously isn't thematic because there's, but having just oil in your tanks, right, and then upgrading it to better grades of oil, right. You're getting, you're going from crude oil all the way up to like premium, yeah. But like orange oil and blue oil, that's just not a. But no, not that's not a thing. So no, and you know the, the theme didn't really grab me in. No, I wouldn't say that, and I could say it feels yeah. like you're running a business. I guess, but that's about it. You know, you're just trying to run an efficient business. Uh, it's tough out there, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> makes you feel that. But yeah, it's not really not much of a not much of a glue index for me. No, you're not even gonna glue index this one. Uh we don't have anything here. Nothing. I got, I got nothing. I need Aaron to give me some some magic when I'm thinking about my glue index, but I got no inspiration. Yeah, he did have that notebook. Yeah. He did have the glue index notebook. Yeah. yeah, it's it's barely there. So what do you think about the gameplay in Pipeline? I liked it. Uh, when you first see it on the table, it does look a little overwhelming, and that's what I was going to mention earlier. Uh, you know, now that I know the game and know how everything works, I think those pipes look really cool. But initially, walking up to the table and seeing everything set up, it's like, whoa, what is what is going on? You know, it just It looks overwhelming with all those colors and pipes. It looks overwhelming, but it also looks just different, I think was the other thing. Not that it was a bad thing at all. Uh, because, you know, like I said, now that I understand how everything works, I do really enjoy the game. I I guess I'll go into some negatives. One of them you can get upgrade cards. As an action, you can upgrade. So you can spend $20 to get an upgrade card. Yep. And then you flip that token, and then you can flip another token. So eventually those upgrades are whittled away, or maybe you can kind of... It kind of goes back to a little pasted-on player interaction because there's no other interaction in the game. You don't... There's not even where you block spots. Besides taking pipes or... Contractor, but that's but even that's that, there's not so really, many pipes that's out there. That's not much. No, 
So that this part of the game felt weird to me because you could look. We played earlier today, and I I purchased an upgrade in the first round. Next round, Ryan purchases an upgrade, and then he flips the one, so I can't get the second upgrade. And why wouldn't he do that? Mm-hmm. But why is like I I almost wish there was something where you could spend to flip it back over. Yeah, we had kind of talked about this is definitely one of my cons too, and it kind of goes in with turn order. So the upgrade blocking just doesn't feel right in this game. Yeah, it feels different. And the reason I have such a big issue with it is getting upgrades in games is so much fun. Mm-hmm. And now all the upgrades are useful, but like it just feels good to upgrade stuff and you get oh like, I get bonuses for this, so I'm getting this special stuff only me or you know what I mean? Yeah. And like you said, I'd be okay with it if like you say maybe you pay 20 bucks, 30 whatever to flip it and then you can buy that upgrade right so just uh, you have to pay something or a penalty but you're still able to get it yep it just it, like you said it just doesn't feel right in the spirit of the game mm-hmm. and that also kind of goes with turn order the only time i feel turn order is really important is the last round of each year because then you're trying to get first in turn order so you can get that upgrade yeah to get yours and block someone else so that other than that, I feel like turn order is very easily forgotten, and it kind of feels tacked on on the board. Yeah, because there's just times where it's, oh, I guess I can change turn order, so I'll do it. Yeah. But it doesn't really affect much, because the next turn, I'm just going to run my pipes. Mm. That's not going to affect you at all. Yeah. My only other negative with the game is how quick it plays. I'm terrible at this game with building my engine up. So when I finally get to the last round or the last year, and there's only four rounds in that year. Yeah. I finally built up to where I felt like I, I feel smart. I feel like I'm doing stuff and the game's over. I I felt like I wasn't able to enjoy that engine running for a couple turns. Mm -hmm. So I know we talked about it. We almost wish it was six rounds. For each year? Is that right? Eight. So the first year is eight. Eight. The okay. second year is six, and That's the last okay. year you get four. So I almost wish it was eight for each. Yeah. It's a six more. That was it. Yep. Six more total. So yeah, just six more actions. I think that would have been right in that sweet spot where it would have given me just a few more actions to feel good about my engine. But you're not overdoing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So those two aside, I really like this game. I had a lot of fun playing it. Uh, I played it at two and three players. I don't think I played it four. So I don't think it would change think, much, no. would it? it? Two, three, and two and three. So none of we both haven't played it with four yet. Uh, two and three p- felt real similar. So I don't imagine. Besides a little more downtime, four is going to change right. much because you have more pipes, you have yep. more contracts, more or you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it all kind of scales really well. Yeah, but I mean everything. You start with nothing. You start with what forty dollars, forty bucks, and five oil tanks. Yep, and right, you, you make you an oil start, company. Yeah, you start at that, <laughs> and you start to build it up. And I always love those where you're just slowly building it up, building it up, building it up, and then you, you know, you finally hit. You hit oil, right? Yep. <laughs> and you feel good about it, and you're enjoying it. Uh, but yeah, I. 
gameplay wise, I like it a lot. I like the the worker placement, and then you can pay ten to do the. I almost want to call it like an auxiliary action where you take the the Secondary, action, yeah, yeah, the the action with it, action next to it, yeah, uh, and then certain upgrade cards let you just do it for free. Um, but yeah, it's um, it plays fast. Yeah, it's too fast, I would say. Yeah, you get a lot of game for a lot of meat for Yeah. Yeah. How little you're carving up. But it it's like one of those things we get done playing, it's like okay. I wanna try again because Yeah, or if I could have just I, had two yeah. more round it's just something. Right. Yeah, I uh I definitely agree. I'll go over some of my cons before the pros. So your other con I definitely agree with where you don't you don't have enough time or enough rounds in the game. and Because it, it kind of feels like you're doing, a lot of the game, you're doing micro moves all game. So you don't get to pull off any of those really cool combos or feel real clever mm-hmm. making your money. So I think having those extra rounds, obviously we play the game more, we're going to get better at it. So we're going to do more of those secondary actions. And the setup of the game has a lot to do with all oh, this setup for this game kind of, it makes it harder to do certain things, but I, I I wish there was like we said eight eight and eight, or yeah, just more time because you want to get some of that cool stuff your engine going a little bit more. Um, I think there can be we haven't experienced it yet, but I think there could definitely be tons of AP for some people when you're buying and placing those pipes. Yeah, because you're trying to kind of puzzle it all all together mm-hmm. and try to figure out what's going to give you the best. And it, there's so many options for pipes. That's what I mean, yeah. You can, when you're I could see somebody going over each section and figuring out each pipe's grit. Like, I could see that really being difficult for some people. Yep. Might not enjoy that because of that, and there might be some AP because of that. But we haven't had a problem with it. I, I try it. If I think I'm taking too long, I'll just kind of grab what I think I want and just I'll figure it out when yeah. someone else is taking their turns. I think the act of taking actions some actions isn't as fun or satisfying as like I feel it should be. It's kind of a weird thing. I do like like when you're running your pipes or running your machine and you see you move up your oil barrels. Um, I guess I, I don't know it's a weird thing. A lot of it just feels like micro actions and turns i think it just kind of goes with wishing i had more time in the game yeah it just kind of goes into that but some pros um definitely you can see myself enjoying it the more i play it and i actually have i'll kind of get into that when i get my final thoughts the variability in setup game to game is going to be much different and much different and making the gameplay fresh um i definitely enjoy that in games and this one especially where upgrades are always going to be a little bit different the end game valuations are always variable is everything in this game is like the the three colored pipe blue orange or silver um to refine them is going to be easier or harder so you go from level crude oil to level one might have to get a connection of four pipes uh, or it could be six pipes, or four to seven. It's going to be somewhere in there. So I think that is going to change what oils are more valuable and less valuable, and I think that variability and the setup of everything in the game is awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's not really going to get stale in that sense if you enjoy the game. I think it's, like you had talked about, it's very quick play time. We, all, we wish it was even longer, yeah. but it's very easy to get into once you get over that initial 
overwhelming look of the pipes, the right. busyness. Yep. I like the early game challenge when you're getting your money engine started. You know, like you said, you kind of start from nothing and you're building up, you're building up during the game, kind of seeing yourself grow. I would definitely recommend this for someone who likes a very tight economic game with like action efficiency to get your engine going. Yeah. Who, who plays and they just think, I wish I had a, a couple more rounds. I want to play this game again type of thing. Someone who likes really tight games because this is definitely that. That's really all I got. The rule book I thought was pretty short and really well done. I guess I'm ready to give our final ratings. That's really all I got. I guess game one uh, had about $350, and at the end of games two, three, and four, it was about 500 a little over 500 somewhere in there. Okay. It's way better than I was doing. I think your best one was probably your first game. I think you had like 450-ish or something like that. Yeah, and I, I somehow just fell into that by accident. I think a lot of it is, obviously the setup can do a lot of it, but uh, getting those machines and getting them in good spots yeah. and then taking those secondary actions is going right. to, I mean, that'll make the game feel longer if you're taking more actions, but it's money's so tight, it's like, yeah. ugh, it's tough. So I guess I would give this a 7.5. I think the first time I played it, it kind of felt like a 7. I did enjoy it, but there was a lot of things. I was just like, it's just way too short. It's just a number of different things. Yeah. I was a little little disappointed, but not too bad. But it is growing on me a little bit. I think it's a 7.5. I could see this hitting an 8 if I played it a few more times. Okay. I think it might cap out about there. But... I do like it, and it's something I would like to play every so often. Um, but it could go up. I could see that. So, Tim, what do you got? I put it a little higher than you. Um, so, yeah, I gave it an 8.5. I really enjoyed it. I just, if it was just a little bit longer, like we said, I could see it, it going up quite a bit more because I I love those engine-building games like this and it just it looks cool so yeah i think the two biggest things and i i would probably it would definitely go up for me is the upgrade blocking and then yeah uh, just more time or feel like you had more time yeah those two things and you know like you said maybe with when we play it a lot more and get better we get better at it that will change because we'll start being we'll start being able to be more efficient with our actions and with our turns instead of just taking one yeah micro action yep yeah well if that wraps up our review of pipeline let's move on to our second review and that is five tribes Five Tribes was designed by Bruno Catala and published by Days of Wonder in 2014. It plays two to four players in 40 to 80 minutes. Five Tribes is a competitive game where players take on the role of a stranger venturing through and around Nakala. The player with the most victory points at the end of the game is a winner and declared the great sultan of the land. During the game, players will begin each round by bidding gold for turn order. On your turn, a player will select a tile that has one or more meeples on it. Take all meeples from that tile 
and move adjacent to that tile and drop one meeple onto it and repeat this process until the last meeple you drop has at least one of the same color on that tile. Then you carry out the action depicted on the tile and the color of the meeple dropped. That's a lot of meeple and tile words, but that's how it works. Various actions include gaining control of a tile, placing an oasis and village, going to the market, gaining the special power of a djinn, collecting gold, gaining meeples, or assassinating them. The game will end when no moves on the board are possible, or a player places his last camel. Victory points are tallied in a number of categories, and the great seldom is the player with the most points. Tim, hit me with the production quality. This was produced by Days of Wonder. It is. It was. It was. Is. And forever will be, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, who knows? We'll, t- we'll tell you know. in future episodes. So. <laughs> so 200 will let you know. <laughs> and I can't say that I've been disappointed by any Days of Wonder games. This has great art. I like the style of it. I like the look of the board or the tiles set on the table. Because you, you place the tiles in a grid and it has, you know, even the art on each tile is different. It's unique. It's interesting. Uh, the meeples themselves, when you put them on the table, looks pretty good. The box looks good. The components, they're solid. It's got a solid little draw bag for the meeples. And yeah, I really don't have any negatives for this game for components art. I think uh, one thing that is to be said about this game is the insert is actually useful. Oh, I I actually kept mine, which is very rare. Did you notice um, in the rules, it tells you after you punch the game, don't throw away the punch boards. You put them underneath the insert so the insert is raised up just a little bit Mm -hmm. so stuff doesn't spill out if you shake it and stuff. So, yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, I'm right there with you on the... uh, Artwork and components of it, all of it's top quality, you know, good stuff. Mm. Actually, use insert, so that's a, that's a huge shock. It's a rarity. Yeah. Typical Days of Wonder style, so hopefully they keep it up. I guess, um, how do you feel about the theme? The theme? I mean, aside from the art helping the theme, I don't feel it that much. I mean, you're picking up different tribes and then dropping them off so it doesn't really the mechanics don't fit the theme i think it's piss poor yeah i would agree with you it could have been any theme yeah so this isn't really a uh, glue index but i think i would say you know how sometimes when you open like a board game you lift the cover off a box and it like really takes a lot to get the cover off this one it just it just okay flies right out of there i'm glad you specified because there was one game that i destroyed the box because i couldn't get the cover off (laughs) so you kind of like you grab five tribes here and if you're not careful if you're not grabbing the bottom of the box the theme or is just going to fall right out of the box on you it's kind of like when i get one of the kids games down and they want to carry it so they grab the box and they only grab the very top and the bottom just comes out (laughs) yep everything goes flying everywhere that's a good one yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. What this, I had what, to look in the rule book to see what the theme even was, and it still didn't make much sense at all. Just kind of lame. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, you gameplay. Know, gameplay is good. 
it's um just leave it at that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i do like it um where you're gonna pick a tile pick the meeples up and drop them along i will say i don't know if it's a negative or it's it's just an observation that i've made with the plays that i've had that i prefer this game at two players Oh yeah, I got uh, I got bolted. I, oh, really? Yeah, it's definitely this game to me. I don't mind it at three or four. I would never pick it for three or four, honestly. If somebody else picked it, I'd play it with the right matchup. But yeah, with two players because you get two action pawns that you can bid where you're going to go in turn order. You can set yourself up, and it just. It feels more strategic. Yeah, you you can combo better. You oh know, yeah, just and that's that's the part of the game that I like, that I really like is being able to combo stuff. So if I know I'm going to be going back to back, I can do one thing that might score me a little bit, but I'm setting myself up to also nab this big tile and score a bunch of points at the end of the game. And I really like that. You don't see it nearly as much in a three to four player game you yeah. can but it's almost always by accident this game can have an issue with ap because you're trying to count out how many tiles away something is how many meeples are on a certain tile when you're going to move them so again at higher player counts you can't sit and you, know, you can hope that the tile that you want to move is going to be there when it's your turn but when you have two to three people moving in front of you, mm-hmm. you just never know. So you almost can't plan. You Yeah, you're, you're sitting there thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. But so much is going to change. Meeples, one meeple goes on that tile. It totally, yeah, you got to rethink right. everything. So AP is an issue. Especially uh, if someone wants to sit there and they have to do the maximum best right, move possible. Right. Uh, but that aside... The AP issues, and I wouldn't even say it's a negative that I like it at two players. It's just a preference. It's just a play style preference that I like. Uh, That aside, everything else, I really enjoy this game. My wife and I play it quite a bit, and she enjoys it. We, We can easily bust a game out hour, hour and a half, somewhere in there. Um. Yeah, and there's there's strategies to it. There's depth to it, but it's not it it's not super heavy. No. Yeah, I think the uh, definitely much better at two than three or four. I think at this point, I wouldn't even if I you twisted my arm, I'd play it at three or four, but I really wouldn't want to. Okay, there's so so many many other games. Yeah, and I wouldn't blame you. Turn order bidding, I hate that in this game. Really? Even in two? Yeah, I don't like it. Um, Typically what happens is one person just goes up 0-0 and they're doing back-to-back moves anyways. It just... Yeah, but then if you bid one and three, then you're you're going first then. Yeah, I mean, you're just paying more. A lot of the times you're just setting up combos for other people anyways that you don't see... I just I I don't like the turn order. Um, Sarah typically never ever 
bids very rarely and I'll try to once in a while just to like get myself to go four times in a row even like the last two of one round okay. and the first two of the next round but yeah. it's, it never feels like it just pays off enough or it just feels really hmm. tacked on and the bidding goes all the way up to like 18 it's like I've uh, never seen that I've never seen anyone bid more than like five yeah or, I don't know I just I don't like the bidding oh yeah in this game but it is it can be matter more with two players yeah oh yeah so i will say that it's a it's much better bidding at two than three or four i like the uh gen special powers a lot that's always fun getting those special powers or abilities that you can do yep helping that combo with different actions you're taking just, on the board just abuse them um, <laughs> just abuse them. <laughs> the uh the Moncala pick up like and drop off is a lot of fun mm-hmm. can make you feel clever because you're kind of puzzling out stuff yeah. you know it's always oh what if i go this oh man i can't make it to that one what if i take this route you know different things like that it's always interesting i like kind of how you get two actions every time the tile and the color of the meeple so yeah. you have to take two different actions it's weird to say i know i've talked about it before but every time i've played it the scores are just too close <laughs> and that's fine 90 percent of the time but it just feels like and I'm like rehashing old statements, but it just no matter how good or bad I play, it's always close. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. I have not noticed it. I'm going to probably notice it now that you said it, but I I'm, never I'm, noticed it to where it was an issue for me. And that's kind of a weird, that is a weird It's thing a weird that, issue, yeah. but it's just because I have played this a number of times, especially with Sarah, you know, it's, it's, it's a great two-player game, and it's easy, quick. Yeah, and it's just every time it's so it's close. Like the first few times, it's like cool, you know. But then I was like, every time, it's two points away, one point away, five points away. <laughs> oh, I won by seven, man! I really blew you out this time. And it's a high-scoring game. It's not like it's low-scoring, you yeah. know, where where seven is is close. Yeah, I think the production quality is great. Um, it's a good next step game. I think I would say. Yeah. I don't really have a... I mean, it has that uh, endgame score pad that I love, so I really enjoy that about You beat the game. me to it. I was going to yeah. mention it, yeah. Different ways to score, a yeah. lot of different ways. So I, I, I enjoy it. Um, and I know we haven't played it, or you haven't played it with the expansion. Yeah, I have not. But I'll bring it up. I have... There's a number of them out there, uh, but the one that I have is the Artisans of Nicole. So they add an extra tribe, the purple tribe. And basically when you drop off, when your last meeple's a purple and you pick up the purples, you get little relics. So you can choose. So say if you dropped off three purples or you you ended with three purples on the tile, you get you can draw three of these relic tiles. You get to pick one and they do different stuff. And then also it extends the map. So in the center of the map, you have like a just an open pit. So you can't even go through it. You have to go around it. And then also there's mountain tiles where on, where on two of the edges, you put little mountain meeple things and you have to go around them. So it kind of changes movement up to where you have to try to... It, you know, throws a wrench in that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but it doesn't add a ton of complexity to it. 
and I would uh, I would recommend checking that out. Do you always play with it, or are you not kind of fifty fifty? So 50, 50. every once in a while, yeah. So it's thing. it's not one that I feel like it needs the expansion, but it's nice. But yeah, we'll mix it in. So fresh feel every once in a while. Typically, like last time I played it was with two new was with two new players, mm-hmm. and I didn't add that in just because. Okay. It does add a little bit more, so when you know the game, it's easy to pick up. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to teach it to new people. What would you give a rating on this one? I put it right around a solid eight. It's um, that'd be a little higher for not a lot, oh but yeah. yeah, and that's eight still good. It's yeah, not it's, like it's a good one. Yeah, it's um, it's got that the weight complexity that I like a lot. It it looks good. It feels good. It makes you feel smart when you can set yourself up. Mm-hmm. So now this rating is at two players. Okay, so overall. <laughs> overall, if I would play a three or four, I'd probably put it like a seven. So seven and a half if you're looking at the overall game? Yeah, if if you're going to. But okay. majority of the plays that I've had, two players i would definitely recommend it two players over yeah. anything else so yeah my final rating i'd still yeah put it about an eight so yeah i'm right there with you i give it uh give it an eight really um, oh yeah oh yeah wow. we're in agreement here i would definitely recommend this for two players who are looking for like uh um lighter end of medium to medium weight i would say mm-hmm. game uh with a point salad and as long as they're not too AP prone, they're good to go. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a solid game. I think everyone should try it out. It's not everyone's cup of tea, I don't think, but it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That is five tribes. Yep. Hey Ryan, do you know what this um, when this episode releases? Do you know what's going on? Uh, Gen Camp. Technically, Gen Camp would be the next day for us. Yes. But for a lot of people, it probably is Gen Camp. Okay. Uh, a few people might be going to Gen Con. A few people, yeah. Yes. So what do you say we get into our top five most anticipated games from Gen Con 2019? It's the big convention in the U.S. It's the biggest. Gen Con, here we talk about yeah. So Ryan. Yes. How did you put this list together? So similar to the Origins list... They have a uh, geek list on there, kind of like a thread, where uh, they'll say all the games that are coming out for sale or demo at Gen Con. And I looked at that whole list, and whatever top five games I was most excited about, I did that. I did not, though, include any games that I had on my Origins list. Okay. Some of those could have easily made this, but I wanted to talk about some different stuff. So. Anything that's on there that is on this Gen Con list, which is most of them, I'm still excited about them. Did you include expansions? Yeah, just like the... Uh, okay. Yep. I didn't know if you did or not. I I did for Origins, so I'm going to for this. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about no, it. No, that's fair. You can be excited. Right. I will say, though, I did You're trying not. trying to list peak right now? Keep your eyes to yourself. Yeah, because Aaron's not here and he's easier to list peak. Get out of here. My goodness. I, w- <laughs> I will admit, though, I I have expansions, but I didn't add them in my top five. 
Okay. So I have a little list of expansions that I'll mention if this was yeah. uh it was obviously this is a tougher list to make because there's so many games. It's like it was oh, over I really want I want to talk about that, I want to yeah. talk about that, you know. But uh would any of the expansions have made your top five if you were so inclined? Probably one, maybe another one if I looked into it more. Okay. So I'll get started here. My number five is a game that's for sale by AEG, and that is Point Salad. I don't know if you've heard about this one. I've I've heard about it. Okay. It's a real lightweight filler. Uh, It's a drafting set collection game, and I think there's... uh, I forget how many vegetables. It's basically vegetable cards. Uh, And then the other side is a different scoring method, and I want to say there's... I want to say 100 ways to score in the game. An example might be gain... Two points for every onion you have at the end of the game. Lose one point for every carrot you have. Uh, score three points for every set of cucumber and broccoli that you have. Things like that. Um, I, I just I'm interested to try it out. I really think I'll probably end up picking this up at some point. Mm. Just a real light filler drafting game. Set collection like both those things. So I like the uh, how you can use the cards for the vegetables to take or for the scoring okay so, so i like how that kind of works yeah so and that is point salad i think this is going to be a hot one we just started this but that's my biggest surprise that you had it on your list <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i typically don't have the, the lighter yeah that's I, why i was i was taking wow. over you know aaron i had to put a little one in there for aaron lightweight game <laughs> So that's that's for you, Aaron. That's really surprising. That threw you back, didn't it? It really did. <laughs> it looks it looks fun. I'm not saying it doesn't. Yeah, it, I just didn't expect it on your list. Well, I'm capable of anything. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what else to thank you. <laughs> I'll just go into my number five. <laughs> I actually have a speechless. A little bit. All right. All right. That's hard to do. My number five... Must have not saw that one when you list peaked, huh? No, because the way I'm looking at it, it was one Okay. true five, so I couldn't quite see your five. Was, <laughs> the rest of them I know, so I'm not... Gotcha. Surprised. Yeah. My number five, it is a two to five player game. It is for sale, and it's by Orange Nebula. Do you have any guesses, Ryan? No, I mean, I could go through the geek nope. list real quick. You're just, just scrolling. <laughs> no. Uh, and that is Vindication. Okay, yeah. This uh, this was one of those that there's so many games, but this one looks, yeah. And I've heard a lot of hot buzz about this yeah. one. So in Vindication, you basically the theme is that you are a wicked person for whatever reason. You get thrown off your boat. Yeah, you like shipwrecked an island or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or, or something, something you get something like, like thrown that. overboard or something weird. Yeah. Uh, so you wash up on this island, and what you're doing is you're trying to become vindicated. So you're trying to turn your life around. You're kind of moving around this board, uncovering tiles, building buildings. Um, so it's kind of area control, uh, dice rolling, module board, um, and then so on. But uh, it looks cool the theme sounds cool and it um i definitely like to uh check this one out at some point yeah yeah this is definitely one uh the artwork is 
looks pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, components look really good, and I think it's a Euro game of disguise. But I think this looks it looks interesting. I definitely want to play this one sometime. So hopefully you'll pick it up for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited for that. Um, my number four is another AEG game. This one is only for demo, and this one is Edge of Darkness. Okay. So this is the same designer as Mystic Veil, and it has card crafting in there. And I kind of like how this is, is because it seems like it's a deeper, heavier game than Mystic Veil. And I like I like deck building, but I like it when it's a small aspect of a game, kind of like Great Western Trail. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping this kind of has that effect, you know what I mean? Because I do like that Mystic Veil, but that's the whole game. Okay. Um, so this one is a, it's got worker placement. It seems like it's going to be some medium weight. Uh, I hope it's a good blend of those things. I like the artwork. I don't know a whole lot else about the gameplay. There's it's like group deck building or something like that. I think too. I'm not exactly sure how that. And there's like threats on the board which um, dictate when and who these threats are going to attack. That's really the most to the extent of what I know. Um, you're playing different guilds in the city, and whoever has the most power in the city is basically going to win the game. So um, I just hope the combination of the worker placement and the card crafting is is good. Looking forward to maybe just talk Johnny into picking this up. That's what I was going to say that. I'm Tell sure. him it's got the card crafting and this can be his replacement for Mystic Veil, vale, yeah. his next step. It looks cool. Yeah, it'll, it, it'll be interesting because it's the same guy who did that, so he knows how to do that, and I hope this is just kind of like the next step in the evolution of that. Right. Where it gets introduced into other games. Yeah, that would be, uh, be cool. Because I, I definitely enjoy that, the mm-hmm. whole card crafting and what have you. Cool. My number four, it is a game, it's by Portal Games. We talked about them earlier. You can count on the rule book sucking, but... Yeah. But, you know, it's... We'll it's see. what it is. So it's one to four players. Um, it is for sale for $60. And that is Empires of the North. Okay. And this is basically... This isn't an expansion? No, it's not. Oh. I thought it was. Just, is it a... Okay, go ahead. So it's a... So you know how they came out with, like, 51st State? Okay. And then they came out with Empires, and then, like, the 51st State Master Set, they changed some things. So this is the next game in that line. It... And he's really milking that line, then. Well, they change it... They change it more than any other one. And from what I gather, the biggest difference in the center of the table, there's kind of this hex where you can take your little pawns. You get like two pawns and you can actually set them on there. So it has a little worker placement. So you're building your engine by placing cards out, but then you're also, you have the option to place your little workers out and they give you different bonuses. Maybe they give you a person or food or you know just i'm not exactly sure what they all do but it adds just a little layer to it on top of that civilization building aspect of it 
we talked about it last episode. I enjoy the um, Imperial Settlers game. I like that style. Um, so if it's similar to it, but maybe adds just a little bit more, mm-hmm. I think that could be pretty cool. Yeah, I just kind of assumed that this was uh, expansion. I just kind of glossed over it and kept moving. <laughs> Not just saying. I, I just saw that. You yeah. see the artwork, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Imperial Settlers expansion. And it does say, I think on the box, it does say like Imperial Settlers game or something. Okay. So that it really hints towards that. But no, it's its own standalone game. Really trying to ride the coattails of that one. Yeah. Okay. Let me know how the rule book is after you. Okay. I will. All right. My number three is a game by Quind Games, and that is only available for demo. Any guesses? <laughs> Hold on. Let me look it up. So that is Terra Mara. The main thing that got me excited is, well, I like the artwork. It's Michael Manzel, I believe. But that is the designers, two of the designers. There's four of them, I think. But Virginio Gili and Flaminia Brasini. I'm probably butchering that. That's best I can do. And they were some of the designers from Coimbra, Lorenzo, Il Magnifico, and Grand Austria Hotel. Okay. So I like all those. Does it have dice placement? I. It's work replacement, I think. Let me. Uh, Just because you rattle off those games, that was the first thing I. Yeah, you'd assume it's got some dice, but Luciani isn't in there, so maybe they scrapped the dice in this one. <laughs> Depends what style they do it, though. I thought it was work replacement, and that maybe that could be with dice, but there isn't a whole lot at all out about this one right now, and the main thing that has me excited is those two guys from the games that they've designed. So it's really all I have on that one, unfortunately, but I will be keeping an eye on it on my wish list, see what once I know more about it. So I wish I was going, and I wish I could uh, could demo this and give you guys some more information, but but you can't. Nope. So we will wait. In the meantime, I'll tell you about my number three, and that is a game by Parallel Games. I know I talked about it when we did our Origins list. I did not have it on there, but that is uh, the City on Big Shoulders designed by Raymond Chandler, two to four players. It is for sale. Basically, you're rebuilding Chicago after the Great Fire. And the premise of it is that it's supposed to be like an 18xx style stock game with Euro mechanics, but it's supposed to be... Lighter and quicker. Yeah, it's supposed to be more accessible to players. Yeah. So, for instance... Me, I'm not huge on like stock games or games that I feel like I'm going to be doing math and a lot of work in, right? So this is one that really interests me that if I can get a feel of those kind of games in this, I'm definitely interested in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one this one looks interesting. Uh, definitely want to try it out. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do that. We checked it out at Origins. Didn't. We just kind of talked to him about the game and whatnot, and it's definitely something I'd like to try out sometime. 
So my number two will not surprise you, Tim, and that is an expansion. It's the one on my list. Okay. It is by CGE. Yep. It's available for demo, and that is Through the Ages, uh, and that is New Leaders and Wonders, basically. Talked about it before. Um, really excited to see. It basically just adds New Leaders and Wonders. Uh, I don't I'm assuming you just replace all of them in the base game. Maybe you can mix and match. I don't know, but I'm um, Excited to see what their powers are, how they combo, combo, and what what they do. Do you know what leaders and wonders they add? I don't. Um, there was some hints at some, but it, it there's a lot of speculation. I think. Okay. So I missed out on playtesting it. I really wanted to do that on the app and stuff. Oh, you didn't? I, I don't know. Is it? What the hell? I can't check the BGG stuff twenty four seven. So. You should be able to. Yeah, I wish uh, really it's going to be an insta-buy regardless whenever it does come out. Yeah. So that is through the ages, new leaders and wonders. They're doing a lot of playtesting, and that's why it's taken so long since they've announced it. Because there's so much to that game and balancing yeah. and all that. They want to make sure they get it right. So, Tim, why don't you hit me with your number two? My number two might surprise you. As I'm guessing you thought it would probably be my number one. Okay, as uh, it? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not it. Anything else? It's from Osprey Games, one of your tops. Oh, the Normandy Undaunted? Undaunted Normandy, yep. It's a two-player card game. It is for sale. It is $40. And it's designed by Trevor Benjamin and David Thompson. Basically, you are, well, deck building, but you're playing, one player is the U.S., the other player is the German side, and you're playing different cards from your hand to move your tokens on the board that represent your troops, and you're, it's kind of scenario-based as well. It sounds like you can play one-offs. It doesn't have to be played as a main campaign. You can do that when you play through the war. Um, But it just looks cool. I like the art on it. I like the theme of it. And I'm definitely looking to check this one out as soon as I can. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely not surprised it's on your list. I think it's a cool theme. It'll be interesting to see how they incorporate it into a deck builder. And I'm a little, I guess, hesitant because it does sound like it's just a pure deck building game. So I'm willing to try it, but I'm not sure what I'll I'll think on it. Okay. But, I think it might be more towards like the baseball highlights okay. style because you do have... Instead, a map. Of, instead of sending them to the miners, these people are dead or injured. You just it call in be. new recruits. It might, I don't know. I'm not sure. But <laughs> but because it does have the board where you're moving your troops around, you're kind of maneuvering them. So I think it's going to give you more of that feel. Okay. Yeah. But um, I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, hopefully they change their track record around for me. And Anyways. So my number one, Tim, you are not going to be excited about. It was kind of a last-minute add to this list. Uh, people were shocked to see it. it was, um, that is 
they don't really have a name for it right now, but they're calling it, at least, is Marco Polo 2. Okay. I assumed as much because <laughs> I was putting my list together last night. I was because I wanted to wait just in case something came yep. up. And I saw that on there and I was like, <laughs> You started cringing and puckering up your butthole a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and that is by Hans M. Gluck, probably pronouncing that incorrectly, but that is available for demo. They actually don't have a book space for the game, so it's kind of putting it out there and people can kind of find them and play test or preview the game. Okay. Um, the best I can get out of it is there. you have to move to get contracts. I think this is all right now. This is just real early in the game, I think. Yeah, um, you're forced to move? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe movement changed a little bit since you hated it so much, but I, uh, I loved it. Um, there's a new resource, Jade, uh, new map, so layout's different okay. and things like that, I'm sure. Um, new character powers. I'm, so what someone on Board Game Geek said, and I kind of think that's a good point of comparison is think of how brass lancashire is similar to birmingham the same system but different gameplay different fresh feel like just differences okay. here and there think of that i'm okay. thinking is how this is might end up being so a separate game but very similar in a lot of ways but i will definitely check it out i'm not thrilled the, about the it the only but... time you'll check it out is when i buy it and force you to play it once yeah, because I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't search so it. You're, out you're not gonna. You're not checking it out. Well, I'll check it out when you, you know, put it in front right, of me. Yeah, I guess technically. Yeah. All right. Hopefully, it's good artwork and that will draw you in. Maybe. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. I didn't think you'd be excited about it, but as soon as I I saw it, I'm like, wait, what? When did this? And I was like, this is my number one. <laughs> I kept scrolling when I saw yeah. it. So yeah. Just breeze right past that one. Yep. So, do you have any guesses on my number one? Uh, it. Any other guesses? Um, it rolling right. Huh. I don't know. No, it's, it has nothing to <laughs> yeah, do with Yeah, I don't know. It actually made an appearance on Aaron's Origin list. We did not have a chance to check it out at Origins. They didn't have it. Really don't know, but I'm going to say Sierra West. No. Okay. Nevada City. Okay. So it's two to four players. They have it for demo. Uh, it's designed by Alan Ernstein. It's kind of a worker placement city building. Uh, the kind of the cool aspect of it is that you have your family and you can get the hired workers. On your turn, you select one of your family members or hired workers to do the action and that's your turn so say like maybe the son of the family he's good at farming or whatever and he might have three actions compared to another family member that might only have two but they each have their own like special abilities that can affect the actions you take so you're kind of building your farmstead up and you're helping build this Nevada city. And, uh, yeah, it just looks really cool. I watched a couple of videos on it and it looks right up my alley as far as like a city okay. builder, 
kind of. Is there uh, any review videos, or is this kind of like a, an overview? Like a... there were some overview videos that I watched. Okay. Prior to doing this, um, who's the publisher of this? Um, and that is published Rio Grande. Okay. Yeah, that's yep. right. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, but yeah, that is. I was surprised how interested I got into it the more I looked into it, if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm definitely interested to see some more things from Gen Con about this game. And I'm I'm going to be keeping an eye on that. Cool. That is my number one Nevada City. Awesome. So hopefully we can uh, we can check some of these games out in the future. Uh, I hope so. See, only one of mine was for sale, which is a little sad. Point salad. The rest of them are all demo. Oh. So. Oh well. Yeah, that's on you. Tim, you got any honorable mentions? I do. I have just a complete oddball honorable mention, uh, just because I love. I, I don't just like the movie. I love this movie. Oh boy. Stephen King something? No. Come on. Why you got to... Well, I mean, usually right. Not not today, though. It was originally a book, made into a movie, starring Edward Norton. Fight Club. A game? Yeah. So it it just seemed like a, a card game where one player plays the narrator, and you're just trying to keep peace you're trying to you know okay buy crummy everyday furniture for your house you know you're just kind of you're trying to be the straight and narrow the other players trying to corrupt you and playing all these cards to kind of affect how you do it it sounded interesting i have absolutely no other ideas about this game but the theme looked cool otherwise i had who's who's making this one Oh, boy. I didn't even write that down. Okay. Well, we'll move on. Yep, we can move on. I have a few expansions. Uh, You talked about Through the Ages. There's the Teotihuacan expansion. Uh, Bang, the dice game. Did you see that? Yeah, that is on my honorable mention. Okay. So the reason it didn't hit my list is because I didn't really like the idea of the zombie thing at all. How does that work? Do you know? I don't know. I kind of looked at it, saw zombies, and I just was like, uh, this is hit my honorable mention. I'll talk about it just because I'll eventually look into it. Yeah. But, yeah. It was kind of interesting. Like, you can duel and stuff. And if you lose a duel, you have to roll, I think, with your regular dice, a duel die. And say it's like a beer. It cancels out a beer on your regular dice. So it kind of hurts. I think that's how it works, that part. So okay. that part seemed interesting. I don't know when you duel, how you duel, and all that. But the zombie thing is like, that's stupid. Well, maybe it's a way for, like, if someone gets eliminated, they can it win as a zombie. It just doesn't fit in the bang. It just I know it doesn't, but still. I didn't, I didn't, I, that's what threw it off the list, and the honorable mention was okay. that. I read that last couple sentences, and I'm just like, yep, off the list now. Way to go. Yeah. And that is available for sale by DV Jokey oh, or yeah, yeah. whatever okay. it is. Yep. Um, I got Black Angel on there. That's by Pearl Games. That's for sale. That is the same designers. I think it's 
I don't know if it's like in the same vein or a spiritual successor. I'm not exactly sure of uh, Toi. Okay. So that one, uh, awesome artwork. You know, tool looks really cool. You should you see that one at all? I thought the artwork might. Uh, maybe you're not I, into it. Maybe it looks too funky for you. I'm sure I saw it. But is it by? But that uh, Pearl Games. So that had me interested based on Toi is kind of like a medium heavier medium-ish kind of uh, dice game. But that one does have a lot of uh, interaction, so you probably won't like it. Honestly, that's probably it. Well, it doesn't say... You, the description on this one doesn't... I just know that's how Twi is, kind of. But uh, that's something I definitely want. I know a lot of people, that's probably their, in their top couple. The other couple I wanted to mention was Ecos First Continent. I don't think you can disagree that the art on this one looks awesome. That's oh yeah. That's really the main reason it hit my list. It sounds oh, yeah. somewhat interesting. It sounds like it's gonna be a little too light for what I would really want, but the art looks awesome on it. I think it's like a tile placement type thing. I can't remember exactly what else. That is by AEG, another one of their games on here, and that's for demo. And then uh the last one I wanna say is a game from Chip Theory Games that's available for sale. That is Cloudspire. Okay. And that one's uh, like a tower defense competitive game. That one looked really cool. Um, I know Too Many Bones looks really cool. It's expensive. It's hard to get into because it's expensive, but it's pretty heavy. There's a lot to it. But I don't know. This one, I definitely want to look into this. It looks, it looks awesome. The art looks awesome. I'm sure the production quality is great. So it's something I want to check out down the road too. I could have listed about ten others, but I'd I'd keep it right. Keep it simple. I mean, other ones that were would have made this list if they if I didn't talk about them for Origins would have been like Abomination. Yeah, I would have had that. I would have had the Teotihuacan expansion. Um, yeah, Barrage would have been on there for me. I guess another honorable mention was Watergate. Yeah, that looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Two player. Yep. So while a lot of you are going to Gen Con. Yeah. Where will you be that weekend, Ryan? I'm going to be at Gen Can on that Saturday, uh, August 3rd. That's at yep. the Game Capital in De Pere, Wisconsin, for those of you who don't know. If you're in the area, just come on by. Come just basically hang out, play some games. Yeah. Or if you're not in the area but you want to travel. Yep. Instead of driving to Indy, hey, let's go to De Pere. Yeah. It's just outside of Green Bay. You can... Uh... The best part of that, though, is you can hang out with us. Visit the Packer Hall of Fame while you're while you you're can. near. Check out Lambeau Field. Yep. It's a, it's a good time. Actually, fun fact for you, they'll be starting training camp in a couple of weeks here, so that uh, it's about right around the time. For It'll me. be after we're there, right? Okay, good. I don't <laughs> have to deal with any Packer stuff. We're <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. No, but we'll be – we're not – by the Lambeau Field, so we're not going to see any of that stuff. Okay. Unless you want to, we could take a drive over. Nope, I'm good. Okay. I'd rather I'd rather play Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space. Really? Yes. That says a lot, doesn't it? Wow. <laughs> I know you're not a Packer fan, but I didn't think you were that far. I just don't really care for football. But yeah, you got any final thoughts for the episode, Tim? How do you think we did without Aaron? I feel like it flowed pretty well. It was tough. We missed them, but I think yeah. I think we uh, I think we polished this turd up pretty nicely. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, 
hopefully Michael can come in and do some polishing in the next episode yeah, or two. Yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see. He might be back by popular demand. <laughs> or he might be gone by popular demand. <laughs> or we might be gone. <laughs> Just have him run it. <laughs> Maybe the listeners can uh, chime in. They can let us know who should fill in. Yes. I'll let you guys know where you can let us know that. Uh, get a hold of us. So, dual winners... Obviously, we talked about Gen Cant. We want you to show up. Yes. What games are you bringing to Gen Cant? You want to refresh my little mind? As of right now, I'm bringing Teotihuacan, Pipeline, which we just reviewed, Trajan, Brass Lancashire, Clans of Caledonia, Russian Railroads, Bang the Dice Game, Sushi Go Party, and Century A New World. Tim, what are you bringing? I will have Dead of Winter, Root, a Feast for Odin, Crusaders, uh, Villainous, and I believe the Grizzled. I'll bring those with. and There might be something dropping or dropping out. Yeah, yeah. and I might... Um, Same for me, so... You know, maybe if something new shows up or... Yeah. So you never know. If there's something you guys want uh, us to bring, you, know, you can get a hold of us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Dual Win Games. Uh, you can email us at dualwingames at gmail.com. Um, you can join our Board Game Geek Guild. That is boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3471. Uh, we could always use more reviews and ratings on iTunes. That'll help drive more listeners to the show so yep. you can get more Dual Win Games. We hope to see you in two weeks for another episode of Dual Win Games, a board game podcast. On episode 17's Table Talk, we discuss depth and complexity in games. We review Crusaders Thy Will Be Done and Viticulture, and we go over our top 10 medium weight games. That should be a good one. It's that right, should be a good one. It's right in the wheelhouse. Yeah. Well, if you've listened to any other episodes, you know my thoughts on Viticulture already. Yeah. So, probably not a surprise. Maybe. You never know. Tune in. Definitely tune in either way. Yeah, t- tune in regardless. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm rambling now. It's getting late. So, thanks oh, for listening. Yep, hopefully see you guys at Gen Con. Gen Can't. Gen Con. Whatever. We're not even going to Gen Alright, see you next time. See ya. So that was Crusaders of I Will Be Done. Yep, that's right. Yep. I always question myself every time I say that. I know it's right, but I question (laughs) it. I'll stop.